This is Loopy Radio. I'm Loopy. It is May 7th, 2020. It seems like the national narrative has suddenly taken a very strange and unpredicted change. Uh, we went from all this coronavirus stuff to all of a sudden uh, all the news outlets are talking about, or at least the, the ones that aren't super liberal, are talking about the uh, Flynn, Michael Cohen, all that sort of stuff. And then um, all of the publications are talking about those hornets that apparently kill beehives and stuff in the West. Uh no reason to be concerned about that at all. I think it's just interesting. So they're talking about it. Uh, so, yeah, in the news this week. So, first of all, North Carolina, finally, Governor Cooper was like, oh, okay, so every state around us is opening up. I guess we have to. You know, a very original thought on his part. Um, he is doing phase one of his get back to normal plan that will start, mon- uh, not, wow, tomorrow at 5 p.m. I'll go into the details of that in a minute. Um, something really shameful that has to that impacts Boone. Uh, you know the um, Samaritan's Purse sent a field hospital to New York City. They set up in a park uh, for all this coronavirus stuff. And uh, Governor Cuomo said explicitly that they have to file income tax. For the state of New York, because they were there for 14 days, and he said he will not make a single exception. More on that, but first it's five. Bill Fisher with the news. News Talk Radio. Loopy without banned substances. I'm Loopy. North Carolina is now beginning, uh, in a day from right now, will be beginning phase one of reopening. A little while ago, the governor made this big press conference, actually like it was a huge deal and laid out several phases, but didn't give us any time frames for when the phases were actually going to happen. Uh... And it was also quite vague. Uh, the The instructions are still quite vague, but one thing that is not vague, Phase 1, reopening North Carolina Phase 1, from the governor, will begin tomorrow at 5 p.m. Good. Uh, it, technically, it will expire on May 22nd, so the idea is we would hit Phase 2, maybe, but uh, it also has the option to be extended. So, uh, what is phase one? I uh, I listened to a good portion of his speech to get these notes. Um, you get not a good uh, not a good speech giver. You get the you get the idea from this guy that he thinks he's really really smart, and that compared to him, you are really really stupid. So he talks very slowly and very monotone, so you can understand all of the intelligence that he is saying. So, it took me a little while. It, it, it could have probably taken him two minutes to say all that he said, um, and less confusing, because he said it in better terms. Uh, so, first of all, 
It says, again, very vague, but he says most businesses can open. The businesses that will remain closed, there are certain types, that is gyms, salons, barbershops, bars, theaters, the such, will remain closed. So, um, you know, if he starts having really nice looking hair, we'll have some questions to ask. I feel like he kind of did look like he had his hair done a little bit for the speech he gave. Um, It says retail businesses can open at 50% capacity with frequent cleaning and social distancing. Again, no specifics on what frequent cleaning is, right? Um... I also, as long as there's some effort put in, I don't think anyone would get in trouble for violating the frequent cleaning rule. But yeah, retail businesses, so stores you can go into, retail businesses, can open at 50% capacity. I believe 50% capacity is is regarding to the fire code. So it's quite possible that a lot of businesses you go into never even hit 50% of the legal fire limit for people in the building. So, a lot of businesses might look completely normal, uh, along with, like, you know, telling people to stay six feet away. Which I think people right now do anyway, without being told, and without putting markers on the floor, whatever. And social, yeah, frequent cleaning and social distancing. I mean, that's, that's all about us, the people. Frequent cleaning... I don't know, they can just have like a thing at Germex sitting somewhere and go we're cleaning. Uh, parks and trails are encouraged to reopen, according to the governor. That does not mean they will reopen. Uh, I also did not find any information on uh, if you can play group sports. I guess that would be a no. What about throwing baseball? Would, uh, would throwing baseball spread the disease and kill all Americans? I don't know. But yeah, again, certain businesses will remain closed, such as gyms, salons, barbers, theaters, etc. Again, this is all beginning tomorrow at 5 p.m., so 23 hours and 38, uh, yeah, 38 minutes from now. Restaurants, unfortunately, continue to be takeout and delivery only. I believe they were saying restaurants, uh, having people sitting in them, is at least phase two, if not phase three, if I remember correctly. Um, so that stinks. That's one. Of the, that's one of the things I just love is just going to a restaurant and eating. You know, takeout's fine, but it's just not the same. I like I. I'm a Chick Fil A knows who I am. I'll just put it that way. You know, I'm on their radar uh, greatly. I eat there about once a week, and I'm st- I've still done that uh, without physically eating there. You know, getting takeout, but like after those fries sit in the bag for like five minutes, they're just not as good. I can't wait to be able to sit in a restaurant again. Gatherings, it says, still limited to ten people, but gatherings outdoors with friends very vague, is allowed, assuming you follow social distancing. So now, 
you can be outside with all of your 500 friends and as long as you're all six feet apart, uh, you're fine. But if a police officer comes to you and says, are you this person's friend? You better answer yes, because the rule is you can only do this with friends. So if someone gets on your nerves and you're tempted to say, no, they're not my friend, not right now, then you might get in trouble. So make sure you say, yes, these are my friends. So we can all be in a field at the same time. So you don't spread virus. You know? Thank you, Governor Cooper. Uh, it says employees are still encouraged to telework when possible. Again, I don't think anyone needs any companies need to be encouraged to do that. I think financially, at least until things get back to normal, uh, companies will require a lot of telework. Uh, and then even going forward, some companies might go, you know what? Uh, we don't really need to pay for your office because you were doing just fine at home. So just stay home. Computers and the internet do a whole lot. Child care centers that follow strict cleaning requirements can open for uh, working parents or those looking for work. Again, very vague. Uh, you can just say, I'm looking for work. You know, everyone's always, you know, if you want to make a dollar, everyone's looking for work, you know. Uh, but yeah, again, this is all from Governor Cooper very recently. Um, I'll post on my website an article from the Charlotte Observer. I bet you can find it yourself. You're very capable. But again, May 8th, tomorrow, 5 p.m., we enter Phase 1, reopening North Carolina. Here's one I'll talk about when we come back. Worship services of more than 10 people are allowed outdoors if socially distanced. This is Loopy Radio. Ah, uh, Loopy. App State, um, I'm still getting emails from App State. I'm still looking at them because I'm a student uh, for one day still. Uh, they just sent out a um, an email to all these students... Um, talking about the most recent confirmed uh, COVID-19 case in an App State faculty member. And then you, so you see that, you know, a headline saying confirmed case in faculty member. You're like, oh no, the school has got COVID-19 in it. And then you look at, you, you go a paragraph or two in and you find out that the person hasn't been on campus in forever, uh, isn't even in this county and um, I don't even know why the school sent an email to everybody. Is that just? It feels like fear mongering to me. It's not productive in any single way. Like you can just put a, a a notice on the website saying yes, we know one of our employees has it, but no, they're not on campus, and they're following you know social distancing and all that stuff. So that if someone hears about it, they can go and then go to the website and you know get that that information. But when you send a mass email to everyone. And so many college students don't actually read emails. They just look at the the tagline, you know, the, the subject line. Um, it's fear mongering is what they're doing. They're trying to they're trying to justify all the crazy canceling everything. Can't go into campus. Can't go into my own office at my own radio station, of which I'm the station manager. 
without direct approval from the chancellor and wearing a mask. Yeah. Um, and then they send out emails like this. The person's not even in the county. It's fear-mongering, and it's, uh, I think it's some narcissism. I think it's people being like, yeah, we know what we're doing. We're smart. Peasant students. Peasant broadcast major. But here's, so before we went to the break, I was talking about the NC reopening phase one announced by Governor Cooper. It will happen uh, tomorrow at 5 p.m., less than 24 hours from now. I'll quickly recap, and then I'll get to the the thing I teased on. Um, It says most businesses can open. Uh, That includes retail, which can be open at 50% capacity. Uh, Parks and trails are encouraged to reopen. Uh, Certain businesses like gyms, hair salons, barbershops, bars and theaters will remain closed, unfortunately. Uh, Restaurants will continue to be takeout and delivery only. Gatherings are still limited to 10 people, but gatherings outdoors with friends is allowed with social distancing uh, guidelines. Employers are encouraged to telework when possible. Uh, Child care centers that follow strict cleaning requirements can open for working parents or those looking for work. Again, this all starts tomorrow at 5 p.m. But here is... um, Something, I mean, they're they're finally letting up on this. Basically, up and uh, up until tomorrow at five, they've said like basically churches can't meet, which I think is one hundred percent unconstitutional, a hundred percent against what this country was founded to do. I don't care what religion you have, that doesn't matter. Uh, it's the fact that government is saying no, you cannot go worship. You know, we don't, we, this whole process, it seems like the religious community hasn't really made a fuss about this. And then if you go on the news right now, you can see articles about how China is pulling crosses off the tops of churches right now. We're getting more news about religion in China, oppressing religion in China, than we're getting in about our own country. Yeah, I had an article, I'm not going to do it because it's a little dated now, but uh, I had it as a backup material a few weeks ago. A lot of smaller churches, independent churches, and uh, yeah, ones that aren't affiliated with a massive denomination and have pools of money, a lot of churches are closing. They will not reopen after this uh, COVID-19 stuff ends. And a lot of these are, are church rural churches, the only church around for a lot of people. And so when they close, there will be no church left. Physical church building left. And that's all because the government said you cannot go to church. I think that's highly, highly unconstitutional. But now they're starting to be more, you know, lenient on their unconstitutionalness. It says worship services of more than 10 people are allowed outdoors if socially distanced. So I guess that now means you can go sit in your car uh, outside and take communion 
which yes, they have banned all over the country. Um, and I guess now you can have a pastor outdoors with like a speaker and you can drive up and pull out some lawn chairs and sit with your family in a little group. So instead of outright banning meeting, they are now tolerating certain types of meeting. Now, one of my professors that I had the most respect for in college, one of the few that I had a lot of respect for in college, was a history professor when I was a freshman. And he said, religious tolerance is not religious freedom. Religious tolerance is not religious freedom. In America, we want to say we have religious freedom. Well, so far, it's been banned, basically, for like a month. And uh, now we're going to be religiously tolerated. Going to church or whatever uh, you do. So, yeah. Worship services of more than 10 people are allowed outdoors if socially distanced, according to the governor, Roy Cooper. Here's something, uh, interesting little notes I put down at the end after watching his, uh, his speech, is that he said a lot of things that they're very concerned about groups of more than 10 people hanging around each other for longer than 10 minutes. Where did they get these numbers from, and why is it always 10? That's my question. It'd be funny if it was 10 feet instead of 6 feet. It'd be like just a bunch of 10s, you know. Scientist, what's a number we can throw out for the public? Uh, 10. No more 10 people? Yeah, no, 10 people's the max. If you have 9, it's totally fine. Uh, 10 people, ooh, you're getting crazy. And then they say, uh, don't be in those groups indoors for longer than 10 minutes. Wow, what a coincidence. It's like we're going to the metric system here in America. A bunch of tens. Whatever. Uh, that'll be posted on my website, loopyradio.com, L-U-P-I-E radio.com, along with the podcast after the show. Uh, my goodness. Here's something that directly affects uh, some people here in Boone. So, back when New York was really struggling with their hospitals, um, Governor Cuomo was like, America, please help. Help me in my poorly healthcare-run city. So um, Samaritan's Purse was like, yes, this is what we're here for. They had already sent a field hospital to Italy. Uh, they were like, let's send a field hospital to New York City. Right? Well, this article specifically is from Fox News. I've seen it in various places. So don't get triggered, Fox News. Um, says healthcare heroes who came from around the country to help fight the coronavirus outbreak in New York will still have to pay state income taxes for New York, according to Governor Andrew Cuomo. So the governor says, we need help wherever we can get it. Please come. People are nice enough to spend the money, spend their time, all of the effort and energy to go help New York. And then he says, thank you so much for helping. Here's some taxes to pay. 
Welcome to New York. Thank you. Goodbye. Are you kidding me? Cuomo said during his daily press briefing on Tuesday, he said, we're not in a position to provide any subsidies right now because we have a $13 billion deficit. So there's a lot of good things I'd like to do. And if we get federal funding, we can do. But it would be irresponsible for me to sit here looking at a $13 billion deficit and say I'm going to spend more money when I, can, uh, when I can't even pay the essential services. Well, you know what, Mr. Cuomo? So you can't pay that $13 billion deficit. The federal government, who you're asking money from, can't pay their $2 trillion deficit from all this coronavirus stuff. So instead of you dealing with a problem yourself by making changes in your city in order to not have such a deficit, you're asking the federal government that loses way more money per person than you to spend the money, increase their deficit for you. That's what you're doing, Mr. Cuomo. This article says the issue first arose when Samaritan's Purse was setting up its emergency field hospital. The charity's comptroller, which I had to research, C-O-M-P-T-R-O-L-L-E-R, it's basically uh, someone who deals with the finances. The charity's comptroller noticed that New York state law requires anyone working in the state for more than 14 days to pay income tax. And there's no exception for coronavirus relief. Cuomo said New York, which has seen more coronavirus cases than any other state in the U.S., is in dire need of federal funding to help it cope with the crisis. You placed at least some of the blame for not getting those funds on Senate Republicans. Of course you would. So it's not, uh, it's not any longer a leadership issue or a money-in-the-past issue. It's a current, I-don't-like-the-other-party issue. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell has opposed so-called blue state bailouts. And he rankled Cuomo last month uh, when he suggested that the states be allowed to declare bankruptcy instead. Cuomo said um, that I don't think the president started this fight. I think it's the Republican senators. And he called the president to bridge the gap. So basically what he's doing is saying... Trump, we're going to call you a good guy unless you don't help us in this situation. If you don't help us, you're just as bad as everyone else. If you do help us, then you're great. It's a, Honestly, it's about time this happened. We expected this to happen. It, if you didn't expect the coronavirus relief effort to get political, then you didn't have the right expectations. And don't you love that it's an election season for the president? Isn't that just great? And last election, you know, was Trump and Hillary, and that was exciting enough. Now we got Creepy Joe. 
which has got his own issues, if he can remember what they are. Want to support local talk radio? Email us at lupieradio at gmail.com. I'm Loopy. So I have some good news for us here uh, toward the end of the show. I mean, it's potentially good news. You don't know until it actually happens. But uh, so obviously, ever since the coronavirus thing started, um, they were always like, this is a virus, therefore it can use a vaccine in order to eradicate it. Like the measles, until you get hipsters, and then the measles comes back. Isn't that fun? But uh, yeah, so it is possible, it is physically a possibility that they could create a vaccine for the coronavirus. And obviously, everybody wants that. Uh, no matter how many medical unproven medical issues come from vaccines, you want a vaccine from to get rid of the coronavirus. So an Italian group has come out uh, and has said that they are the first group that they that they know of in the world to be extraordinarily close to having a vaccine for the general public. I got this from the New York Post, but yeah, this is everywhere. Um, it says Italian scientists claim they develop a potential coronavirus vaccine by growing antibodies in mice. And I've already shown it can mix corona it can nix coronavirus cells in a fir- world first breakthrough. Yes, they tested on mice. That's animal cruelty. Okay. Local pharma company Takis, I guess T A K I S, says lab tests at Rome's infectious disease hospital, something in Italian before that, I'm just going to go over that. So a, uh, an infectious disease hospital found their vaccine candidate can neutralize the virus in human cells, according to a report by Science Times Magazine. The CEO told Italian news agency ANSA, ANSA, uh, that it is uh, the first time researchers have found a way to subdue the COVID-19 bug, and human trials are set to begin in the summer. Good deal. According to the hospital, as far uh, this is a quote from uh, the CEO. He says, according to the hospital, as far as we know, we are the first in the world so far to have demonstrated a neutralization of the coronavirus by a vaccine. And we expect this to happen in humans, too. Scientists said their test showed uh, that with just one vaccination the mice developed antibodies that can block the bug in human cells in just one vaccination. They developed five different vaccines and chose the two that showed the best results for, uh, I guess, for human trials. The vaccine candidates used a process called, oh, let's try this, electroporation. I guess, a technique that uses high-voltage electric pulses to make the skin more permeable to help break into the cells and trigger the immune system. Whatever. That's why I'm not a scientist. The report comes as researchers worldwide are racing to develop a vaccine to halt the global pandemic, a process that routinely takes years. I'm, 
this article doesn't say it, but decades, frankly. But this is kind of the power you get when everybody is trying the same thing, right? And I'm sure, obviously, I'm not part of the the science, you know, research community, but I'm sure they have publications and things that say, you know, this group in California is trying this way, this group in Alaska is trying this way, this group in Italy is trying this way, so so people don't do all the same thing at the same time. So when you get a ton of researchers working on it at the same time, they can all try different avenues, right? Different techniques. Apparently, electroporation uh, seems to maybe, possibly, uh, have done it. The virus has infected nearly 3.7 million people worldwide and killed more than 259,000 as of Wednesday, according to Johns Hopkins. That's about 7% death rate if you get the virus confirmed. If you show enough symptoms to go get tested, then it is a 7% death rate. But yeah, that's good news. Uh, I guess we'll find out more about that soon. I bet it's going to hit mainstream media pretty soon. As soon as they start some human trials of it. It's interesting. That's why I'm not a scientist. We'll, uh, yeah, we'll find out in the future. News Talk Radio. Loopy without banned substances. So a little bit ago, uh, this made a lot of national news. The the salon owner in Texas, Shelly Luther, uh, who was arrested for opening up her salon, was later jailed for opening up her hair salon, has been released. This from Fox News says the Texas Supreme Court on Thursday ordered the release of salon owner Shelly Luther, who was jailed for opening in violation of the state's rules. Governor Greg Abbott issued an executive order retroactively eliminating jail time as a consequence for violating the state's coronavirus restrictions. So now even the governor is saying, you know what, that was overkill, that was not right. I don't think we would get that out of our governor. Shortly after Abbott's announcement, the Supreme Court of Texas ordered Luther's release. An attorney for Luther... Uh, the shop owner who is with her at the jail told Fox News they didn't they don't know yet the timing of when she'll be freed. Um, that was of 1 p.m. today. So maybe she has by now. Abbott said in a statement, throwing Tex- Texans in jail who have had their businesses shut down through no fault of their own um, is nonsensical. And I will not allow it to happen. This is why I'm modifying my executive orders to ensure confinement is not a punishment for violating an order. This order is retroactive to April 2nd, supersedes local orders, and if correctly applied, should free Shelley Luther. On Wednesday, Abbott, the state's attorney general, Ken Paxton, and Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick, not the sports talk guy, uh, called for Luther's release after she was jailed by Dallas County State District Judge Eric Moye. The official said she had abused, uh, he had abused his discretion and emphasized that the woman was keeping her business open in order to feed her family. 
Paxton said in a letter to the judge asking um, him to free her, quote, as a mother, Miss Luther wanted to feed her children. As a small business owner, she wanted to keep to uh, help her employees feed their children. Needless to say, these are laudable goals that warrant the uh, exercise of enforcement discretion. Yeah. This is still America. We're not we're not China, we're not North Korea. And I think people understand, most people understand the severity of what's going on. And that in itself is going to do a good job. <laughs> 